we left off at a time to kill and a time to heal. We dealt with Romans chapter 7 last week. You don't have this on your itinerary, but we're going to deal with 2 Chronicle chapter 7, verse 14 and 15. Amen. Second Chronicle, chapter 7. I guess it's, I guess Alfreda brought it up here. That cup of water ain't going to save you, though. Second Chronicle chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. I know we recited this verse several times, but let's take a little bit more closer look at what it says. Amen. And it says, if my people now... First of all, you got to deal with the fact that God is talking to his people. He's not talking to everybody. He specifically said, if my people, which are called by my name, oh, so now you got to be done taking on Jesus Christ as your Savior. That is the only name that can get you to the Father. So, shall armor themselves. Oh, so you got to get out of being uh, Mr. and Mrs. Know-it-all. You got to get to the point that you are willing to humble yourself unto the Lord. You got to get to the point to where you got to get out of you. Huh? And in order for you to humble yourself, you got to be prepared to take instructions, criticisms. Come on now. Amen. Because if you're not willing to take instructions and criticisms, guess what? There is no room for you in, to grow in God. So then he said, and pray. Now, you got to be God's people. You got to be called by his name. You got to humble your spirit enough that you can go to the throne of grace and call on God for help. Amen. And then he said, and seek my face. Now, to seek in God's face now, you can't just throw God up a prayer and think that you done done the whole duty. Huh? Seeking God's face is to seek God's instructions. To seek God's face is to seek to see what God has to say about your situation. Come on now. It's not just to throw up a prayer and then hop up and think, well, I did my duty. No, you didn't. 
you throwed up God some words and you didn't give God a chance to say anything. So you got to seek his face. You got to seek the will of God for your life. Amen. Amen. <coughs> God, what is it that you want to do in me? What is it, God, that you see that is wrong so that we can get it right? Amen. Amen. And then it said, and then after you seek his face, you should be to come to the point to where God finna tell you and turn from your wicked way. But we all want to say, I ain't done nothing. Search yourself. It's something about you that's still in your old man that God don't like. And you keep him in your back pocket so at any given time you can pull him up just like you do your bill folder. Come on, somebody. Turn from your wicked ways. Then, oh, Lord, have mercy. Look what God is requiring for you before you hear from him. Wow. God is requiring all of these steps. He's requiring for you to be his people. So you got to be a believer. He's requiring for you to be the took on the name of Jesus Christ. He's requiring for you to turn from your wicked ways, which we don't want to claim that we got any. Then he said, and then I will hear you. Then I will hear from heaven. So guess what? God ain't answering nothing until you fulfill the first part of the requirement that he gave you in order for him to give you an answer. Did that make sense? Hmm. Well, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. So now that tells me that we have got to get in audience with God. We just can't assume because we ask God, forgive me, that it was forgiven. You got to make sure that God hear you. Because it said that I will hear from heaven. You got to make sure you get to the throne of grace. We ain't in a time that we need to take anything for granted about God. Please don't. Don't think because you kneeled on one knee and came up on the other one that you got forgiven. God will let you know that he has forgiven you when he examined your heart. Because he's going to examine your heart now. Come on, somebody. There's one thing you can rest assured about God. He ain't foo-foo. He ain't no clown and you can't fool him. So he's going to examine your heart. And when God did examine your heart and you done seeked his face, then he said, and then I will forgive their sin. So guess what? It's a process and it's a work. It's a process you got to go through and it's some work to be done on your behalf. 
Because God ain't got to do no work because it ain't God that needs forgiveness. So it's some work that's got to be done on your behalf. Amen. You got to make sure that you do like David said. Lord, it's me that stands in the need of prayer. It's I, Lord. Come on, somebody. Then he said, I will forgive their sins. And then I will heal their land. So guess what? A lot of our healing may not come because guess what? We ain't reached the throne of grace yet. God ain't saw in us what he want to see in us. Hmm? Something to think about, ain't it? We haven't showed God what God want to see. Then guess what he said? Now, my eyes shall be open and my ears attended unto the prayers that is made in this place. Oh, you want prayer, but you don't want to come to church. Oh. So God is always focusing his answers that is made in the house of the living God. Oh. Where he has designed for us to come so that, guess what? So that he can heal us. God's anointing is in the house. And it's the anointing that must destroy the yoke. So that means you got to come where the anointing is. The anointing ain't got to come where you is. You got to come to the anointing. You got to come to Jesus. Come on, somebody. He didn't came to you once now, and now it's time for you to come to him. That's why he tells you to come to the throne of grace that you may obtain help in the time of need. My own right page. So, I like it when he said in the 13th, if you bag it up to the 13th verse, he said, If I shut the heavens, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. Then that's when he broke out and said, but if my people that are called by my name, guess what? We can see the disasters in the land already. Huh? And the people of God has got to get in a place where all of the R's don't affect them. Come on, somebody. The land being devoured by the locusts and the pestilence. Huh? Or you're not getting any rain. Come on now. So, we got to get in a position or a place in God to where God has no problem of coming to rescue us. Amen. Why do you say that? Because he has designed. And he have already said. Who he is to us. And he is our high priest. Well. But you got to understand. That God is particular. That's why God is particular. When he said. My people. Now, I understand that this here was written in the Old Testament that which 
declared that he was talking to the nation of Israel. But guess what? When Jesus Christ came and you accepted him as your savior, then guess what? That, that again turned to you too because then you became God's people. By the blood of Jesus Christ. That makes sense. Amen. So. I was looking for something. When I looked at the, at the Jewish version. It said. If my people who bear my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears will pay attention to the prayers made in this place. My eyes got to be open and my ears got to be attentive. Uh-oh. So what is it? God got to see something and God got to hear something. Before you get an answer. Did I hear that? What he got to see? He got to see the intent of your heart. He got to see your motive. And then he got to hear your need. And he know the difference between your needs and your wants. Huh? He knows the difference between your sincerity and not. Wow. Because face it people. God can't be fooled by no means. Amen. And frankly, we're fooled if we think he can be fooled. Amen. He knows if you intend to come out or not. When you said forgive me and then go back, he already know whether or not you were going back or not. So guess what? You might not have got forgiven for the time that you asked him to forgive you. Because he knew that you were going right back and do it again. So why would he forgive you? Make sense? So that's why I said don't take anything for granted. You got to mean what you say and say what you mean with God. We're at a time now in our life that guess what? What we said it's got to be to the bare facts and truth about the matter because guess what? Time running out. And, 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 and we got to make a sure statement that we're going to make it in. Amen. So guess what? The time for game plan is gone. You know, this is time for, for the house of God to be serious about the God that they serve. Because the God that you serve is a serious God. Amen. So, that brings us down to what is considered a time to break down. Hmm. A time to break down. Now, before I go to a time to break down, 
got one more I want to deal with. I don't think we dealt with it. That was Jane chapter 4. Did we deal with Jane chapter 4? Let's go to Jane chapter 4. James 4, beginning to reading at verse 1. This is dealing with, uh, it was dealing with a time of war, which is in the same uh, topic. And it says, from which cometh war? And fighting among you. Come they not hence. Even of your lust. That war in your members. Ye lust and have not. You kill and desire to have. And cannot obtain. You fight. And war. Yet you have not. Because you ask not. Ye ask and you receive not. Because you ask the miss. That you may consume it upon your lust. You adulterers and adulteries know ye not that the friendship of the world is, a, is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Hmm. Do you think that the scriptures say in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusts to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resist the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And then we just get through talking about humbling ourselves. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw. God ain't coming no closer to you than you come to him. Huh? And the devil ain't going nowhere if you ain't putting up no resistance. Come on, somebody. So what that tell? That means you have to get out of your state of weakness when it comes down to fighting against your enemy. Come on, somebody. Have you noticed that even in your natural life, if, if, a, if, if somebody that bully you know that you are scared of him, he always come to find you. Huh? He don't go to nobody else that ain't afraid of him. He always come to the one that's afraid of him. That he can bully you. Take your lunch money. Huh? Come on, somebody. So guess what? Now, just like your enemy, the devil, he going to always come to you because he know that he get, there is weakness in you that he can overtake you and come back to you every time and make you do exactly what he wants you to do because you have no resistance. Hmm. You don't know how to say no. The things that you lust for, he easily bring them back to you because he knows that you are you have no resistance against him because that's what you like. 
So guess what? Now you got a war in you. You got a war in you fighting to know what to do, whether to do right or what to do wrong. It's a continuous, constantly war in your members. Amen. Your right foot want to go straight, but your left foot want to turn the curve. But then he says, in order for you to be able to counteract your enemy, you first of all has got to uh, submit to God. Huh? You first got to bring yourself down like you don't know it all and you ain't got it all. And you ain't as strong as you pretend to be. And then he tells you, because then if you draw nigh to God, God's going to draw nigh to you. And if your enemy know that God is drawing closer to you, guess what? Your enemy is automatically going to get his head and scared. But why is he going to have to run when he know that you ain't drawing no closer to God than you are? Ooh. Don't y'all know that we're in a time now that it is time for us to get as close to God? as we possibly can because we're going to have to be under the ark of safety huh we talk about the blood on the doorpost but don't you know that you got to get in the door where the blood is on the doorpost you can talk blood on the doorpost but if you ain't in the door where is your covering come on somebody so, you know, we can't, we can't continue to play in the enemy territory and then think that we are in the doorpost of God. No, you don't fool your own self. You out in the wild open. Then God said, if you draw nile unto me, and then I draw nile unto you, then I will tell you to clean your hands. You sit up and purify your heart. And guess what? You double-minded. You can't continue to be a double agent. God on Sunday, you don't know who you is Monday through Friday. Clean your heart. You double-minded. In other words, you got to get your mind straight. If you don't get your mind straight, guess what? Ain't nothing else going to happen for you. Because you're going to do what your mind's doing. Huh? Amen. Hypothetically. Somebody going to rob bank, they don't just go uh, uh, night, uh, sleepwalking and go in the bank and rob. This is fixing their mind to go rob the bank. So this is fixing their mind to go rob the bank. Guess what happened? Their body reacts to what their mind is telling them to do. So guess what? Your body reacts to what your mind is telling you to do. And a lot of times we have to make sure that our mind is just not uh, Sunday at church and then Monday through Friday somewhere else. Amen. It's almost like 
you got uh, the, the house of the living God is a corral. So you just like a horse in the corral on Sunday, but come Monday, they done left the gate open, and then you running like a wild horse everywhere. Then you want to come back to the corral on Sunday. Come on, somebody. Well, then he turned around and said, be afflicted and moan and weep. Guess what? You have got to go through something with your flesh in order to get, your, get God's attention. God is looking for, you know what, when he said weeping, you know, tears mean that you have become godly sorrow. Now, it might be some of y'all that can fake your tears, but, you know, most folks that cry is because they've been, their heart is torn. Uh, you know, they, they've been afflicted. You know, they got a, 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 they got a reason for weeping. Come on, somebody. He said, and then let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. But humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and it is God that shall lift you up. And here is the problem, is us totally humbling ourselves before the Lord. So what is the cause of the quarreling and the fighting among us? Isn't it your desires battling on the inside of you? Because you desire things that you don't have. So then you fight and quarrel and get into your feelings. And can't hear God. Or get in touch with him because of your attitude. Don't you know when you get an attitude. And you get in your feelings. You can't hear the spirit of God. You can't hear the spirit of God because guess what. You done changed spirit. That's where your double mind come in at. When you get in your attitude and you get angry behind what thus says the Lord, you change your spirits. Then you can't hear God because you mad. And when you mad, you can't see nothing but your way. Am I right about that? You get mad, I don't care what nobody explained to you. If you mad about the situation, you the only one that's right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be mad. Because somebody that went against the grain, somebody that spoke against your ideal, somebody that spoke against something you did or something you said, and you got in your feelings, you got mad, and your attitude changed. And God don't come in dealing with attitude. God comes in with dealing with humbleness, willing to hear, willing to understand. We got to have a willing mind dealing with God. Hmm. That makes sense. And when, and you know what it'll cause you to do? Listen to this one. 
It will cause you to pray with the wrong attitude. You don't get an answer because of your motive is wrong. Now that you went back to choose, or choice choose to pick up the things that the world attitude carries, you came an enemy to the true and living God. Because now you offered up a prayer and have nothing holiness about it. Hmm. I don't care how bad Alma might make me. I'm going to be a fool to go to God and try to pray a prayer against Alma. Best thing for me to do, Lord, let your will be done in both our life. In hers and mine. Because my motive might be wrong and her motive might be right. Or her motive might be right and mine be wrong. So you don't know what God sees that the whole situation and the quarreling is going on. So guess what? Don't never ever put your prayer on somebody else. Especially when y'all are supposed to be saved. Come on, somebody. Lord, deal with it. You see what's going on. It's not nothing wrong with telling God about the situation. Huh? But guess what? Uh, what? Why is God looking at me and telling me, Lord, do something to us. Take them out.
So we have to watch how we allow anger and attitude to mix up in us and bring out the wrong motive. And we take that wrong motive before God. And it, it, it ain't just, I mean, we all been there. Uh, I've been there. I've been in a situation. I, I wanted God to do something to him so bad, but guess what? That wasn't what God wanted to do. That was what I wanted God to do. And God wasn't going to do it based on me. He ain't going to do it based on you. He's going to do it based on his will. Amen. Now, what measure God decided to take, that's God. But then guess what? You free from the guilt. I'm get, let me tell you something. Just hypothetically. And it may not be based on your prayer. But because you've been praying to God to do something to somebody, Because if you ain't on the sure foundation, then if God, I'm, I'm 
hypothetically again, if you ain't on the sure foundation and God got to kill him, he got to turn around and kill you too. Because he ain't going to leave a situation half done. What God do, he going to make it whole. I hope that makes sense. So therefore, it's time to repent. Submit to God and take a stand against your adversary. And that is the adversary that is in you or the adversary that is working against your salvation. In the other adversary, a person in the flesh, we have to learn how to do what? Walk away. Because if we don't walk away, we're going to mess up. Huh? If we don't walk away, we're going to mess up the whole situation and then we're going to be expecting for God to straighten it out. It's time to return and get close to God and he will get close to you. It's time to clean up. And repentance is our detergent for getting our garments clean. Amen? Amen? Well, let's go to let's see where was I at? to the part we're still in that same verse it says a time to break down and a time to build up a time to break down and a time to build up a time to break down is a time to wreck It's a time to demolish or destroy. It's a time of spoil. It's a time to speak of the rubble or the waste of cities in the wake of total destruction. It's a time that God going to do all of this. It's going to be a time that God's going to destroy. But you notice anything that before, if you notice an old building or an old site, they always have to demolish what's there in order to start building over. They have to always clean up. Oh, what you said. You mean to tell me God's going to have to clean up the earth before he start all back over? So guess what? That means that he's going to have to tear it down in order to start building back over. Now we have to make sure that we ain't in the part that's being demolished. We're not in the part that's being destroyed. So guess what? There's another thing that we don't have time to take anything for granted. We have to make sure that we're on the sure foundation. 
Go to Leviticus chapter 26 right quick. Leviticus 26 and the verses 27. Listen what God is saying to the nation of Israel. But guess what? As he speaks to the nation of Israel, that don't mean that we have become exempt. Hello, somebody. So he said in the 27th verse, and if you will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, listen to what 28 verse said, then I will walk contrary unto you also. Wow. Did y'all hear that one? God said, I'm going to walk with you according to to how you walk with me. Huh. And we hollering. We blessed and highly favored. Better make sure. Better check out your walk with God. Because God going to walk with you just like you walk with him. I and even I were chasing you seven times. Woo, for your sins. Wow. Look at God. You know why he says seven? God, because God, that's God's perfect number. That's God's holy number. God's I'm gonna beat your tail seven times. Huh? <laughs> I'm gonna check. You know what he actually saying though? He actually said, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna take seven times to try to correct you. If I can't correct you in seven times, you know what he's saying? I'm going to leave you reprobate. If you cannot take my chastening seven times, man, God giving us a lot of chances, ain't he? Seven times. And then he said, and you shall eat the flesh. You know, we were talking the other day about eating your children. Look at this hymn. And you shall eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughters shall you eat. Wow. And we talk about this gentle God that we're supposed to be serving. And y'all talking about what you won't eat. Huh? God said, I'll get you to the point that I'll make you eat your children. Huh? That's serious. Huh? Come on now. I get you to the point that a, your, your, your child will look like a turkey leg to you. Come on now. Who's around and, 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 and catch a rope and pull out one of them ham bones? <laughs> You shall eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters shall you eat. 
and I will destroy your high places. You better bring yourself down. I will destroy your high places. Those places that you got confidence in. Them places that you done built up other gods in. Come on, somebody. And cut down your, well, look at him. And he even tell you, and cut down your images. Wow. Those things that you put confidence in. Huh? Those things that you got on the hot shelf. Stuff that you proud of. God said, I'll cut it down to the ground. And cast your carcass up on the carcass of your idol. Now, God said, I'm going to kill your God, and then I'm going to throw you on top of it. Wow. Did I just tell you all a little while ago that God was going to do something? He did a complete job. He ain't going to just destroy your idols. He's going to destroy you with them, and he's going to throw your carcass on top of them. Now, if he's talking to the nation of Israel, why do we think as a Gentile nation that God is going to accept our mess? It ain't going to happen. Come on, somebody. Just because you a New Testament saint don't mean you still can practice your old ways. If he'll do it to the nation of Israel, he'll do it to you as well. Cut you down to the ground and your idols with you. Huh? Come on now. And my soul shall abhor you, and I will make your cities waste. And bring your sanctuaries unto desolate. So guess what? Don't you think because you got a big old pretty church that that's your salvation? You better hope that there's the true and living God of that big old church. Because God said, I'm going to bring your sanctuary where you got your pride in. I'm going to bring it down. Have you noticed that in this generation now, folks are so stuck. Folks are so stuck on their church building. They have pride in where they go to church at. Because it's a big building. Come on now. They don't care nothing about the material they receive. They don't care whether or not they, about the truth, whether they receive. They don't care. They don't care nothing about the Holy Ghost. They just love their big old church. Hmm. But God said He would make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation. And I will not smell the Savior of your sweet order. And I will bring the land unto desolation, and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at you. Now, we're talking about God's people. 
Now you understand that judgment must first begin at the house of God. First. Uh, God going to straighten us out first. If he don't straighten us out, we ain't going to be saved. If he don't straighten us out, we ain't going to glory. And God now is having to, to, to sift through the rubbish just to get some people saved. And I will scatter you among the heathens and will draw out a sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. The nation of Israel is scattered everywhere. And just because if God has scattered the nation of Israel for getting out of sort and getting out of order with him, he'll scatter you too. He'll scatter you even worse. Huh? Because he took the time to draft you in. He took the time to take grace and mercy and draft you in when he really could have left us as a heathen. Worshiping other gods. But he sent us knowledge. And he sent us understanding of his word to where we would gravitate to him and what? And be saved. And now that we didn't got this little knowledge and a little understanding, now we feel like we don't need God every day. We just need him every now and then. Baby, you need God every day. Come on, somebody. So be careful how you treat your God. He's particular. So when he said, when you won't listen to me, I won't listen to you. Huh? And I will get furious. And I also will chasing you yet seven times more for your sin. Hmm. Don't sound like a God that's, you know, when you really can look at it, don't sound like a God that really want to give up on you. Huh?
God want us to know his true feeling that we can get in line with how God feels. We're trying to constantly trying to get God to get in line with how we feel. But God is trying to get us to get in line with how he feel. Because guess what? That's the only way we're going to make it. Jeremiah 4, verses 7 and 8. Let's read it. The lion has come up from his thicket, and the destroyer of the Gentiles is... What you say? The destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He is gone forth from his place to make thy land desolate, and thy cities shall be laid waste without inhabitants. Wow. Look what God spoke in the days of Jeremiah, and we can see that the actions of what Jeremiah is saying is prevalent to the time that we're living in now. But guess what? The church want to close its eyes to what's going on. A lion has risen from his land down. A destroyer of nations has set out. Wow. It's not just American. Take a global look. The destroyer is hitting global. And American is not left out. So much evil right here in your own back door that should cause you to think and say, I need more of God than I can get. Come on now. He set out, he left his own place to ruin your land. Huh? Satan left glory. He got kicked out of glory and he coming down to destroy where you live. And it's a mess that we helping him out. We signed up for the job. Amen. He set to ruin the land, to demolish it, huh? Depopulate it. Oh Lord, have mercy. Depopulate your city. Young folk killing each other like crazy. You ain't got to wait on the po-po. You ain't got to wait on the white folks. Because guess what? The devil has sold you an appetite to kill each other. And when the po-po get a report that there's a shooting, they delay their coming so y'all can finish up what y'all are going to do. So when they get there, they just call the corner. Huh? 
Because it ain't nothing but a bunch of y'all shooting each other. <laughs> huh? So what they do? They keep their hands clean. Let y'all kill up each other. And we're doing a wonderful job. Huh? Because the enemy designed to depopulate the land. It's more young folk dying before they get 21 than ever been recorded in the history of the land. And it's us that's doing it. Can't lay it on them no more. We're doing it ourselves. We as a people ain't got sense enough to know how to come together. We had more togetherness when the mother folk would beat you upside the head with the black sticks. Now you got a little freedom. You got a little freedom and everybody want to carry a, a nine millimeter. Lose it. Ain't going and shooting up that day, but you shoot up your own. Now, would this nut go down in the middle of the marketplace in the daytime and shoot up the marketplace and got his picture on everywhere you go now? Y'all know it's a camera everywhere you go now? Got his picture just as big as daylight. out to get you. He's out to get you and whatever you own. But guess what? God says it's going to be that time that he's going to break down. Everything is breaking down. Your food is breaking down. Your cost of living is breaking down. Come on, your utility bills is breaking down. Everything about you now is in a down spell. And you don't know what it's going to look like come tomorrow. Amen. There was a time you were able to bank on reaching retirement. You can't bank on that now. Huh? You are sitting, setting up funds of what you're going to do when you retire. Half of you talking about you were going to Hawaii. Huh? Some of you talking about I'm going to 